Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread. On this, the college and pro football card for week number five of the NFL, week number six in college football. If you can believe it, we're now into the month of October with September now in the rear view mirror. And with that, I'm going to welcome our co-host Victor King to the show. Victor, welcome to the show. And can you believe it? We're already into October for the 2017 football season. Got that right. Five or six weeks into the college football season, one quarter of the way in the NFL October sets up as a great month in college football. There were some surprise teams in the NFL. And I think from our service standpoint, we pretty much uh, mirrored each other last weekend. A losing Saturday in college football, but a nice comeback in the NFL for you uh, on Sunday and Monday and for our totals plays as well. It was. It was a real nice Sunday in the NFL for us and our customers especially so. As after a rather disappointing college football Saturday. And uh, we're taking a look now, Victor. Here it is, college football October. And right away, we're going to start getting into the controversy, the talk about which college football teams are deserving to be in that college football playoffs this year. And uh, since September is now, like I said, in the rear view mirror, uh, what would you project, Victor, if you were making your final vote for the college football playoffs, if they were to begin next week, who would you cast as your top four teams? Right, you are. You know, with each subsequent week, the debate will start to, to carry on. And four for the playoff. Right now, it's pretty much a slam dunk between the top two teams in the country, and that would be Clemson and Alabama, definitely. Uh, are they destined to play each other for a third year in a row? You never know. They could be the equivalent of the Golden State Warriors versus Cleveland Cavaliers, where they'll be playing each other for multiple years in a row. You know, Clemson, uh, to me, moves up uh, to the top spot. They're, of course, in the top ten in scoring defense, total defense, tackles for losses, and sacks. I'll say this, though, Mark. They got a home game this week against Wake Forest in which they're favored by 21 points and some change, and I don't think that game will be as easy as the point spread against the very good Wake Forest uh, and a Wake Forest defense. Alabama. Man, oh man, 125-3. to three. That is the score of the last two Alabama games against Vanderbilt and last week against Mississippi, beating those two teams by a combined score of 125-3. to three. And they certainly deserve to be there at the top when talking about the top four in the playoffs. You really got to lock the way the SEC East leader, Georgia Bulldogs, are playing with some powerful statements they stomped on a Mississippi State team that beat up on LSU the previous week. They beat up on Tennessee. Those two wins were a combined score of 72-3 to for the Bulldogs. And even that road victory against Notre Dame, it continues to uh, age well. With the fighting Irish unbeaten and largely unchallenged otherwise. So that's going to be a big feather in their cap, the better that Notre Dame looks throughout the season. I might also include as my fourth team in the top four right now probably the Sooners of Oklahoma. They had a week off, but still, that big victory at Ohio State, that still probably ranks as one of the biggest wins of the season. And, of course, uh, with Riley dialing up the plays and Mayfield executing them, they now lead the nation in yards per game at over 600 per game and yards per play as well at 9.1, so I would probably throw those four teams out there for you, Mark. Those four teams, uh, we're talking about the obvious victories. You mentioned Clemson, Alabama, number one, number two, and I believe, like you, Clemson should be the number one team in the country, uh, just given the fact that, A, they are the defending national champion, B, they have not lost a game, and C, they defeated three top 15 ranked teams in the month of September. No team in college football has ever done that before. I know Alabama's putting up some pretty imposing numbers as we speak right now, but 
Uh, I'm with you. I think that uh, there's always a scare somewhere along the way in the Alabama the course of their season, and uh, that scare, I think, is going to come this week against Texas A&M personally. We we're going to talk about that game, but we decided to do a different feature game. But uh, you know, the Tide will end up playing down to the level of opposition at some point, and uh, there'll be some team that's playing better than the odds makers are perhaps anticipating coming into a game, and I think it could possibly be A&M against Alabama this particular week. My other two members of the top four playoff teams would be Oklahoma, obviously the Sooners who went into Columbus and took down the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I have Ohio State number four on the list. Even though they did take that loss to Oklahoma, I still think they're a better football team than are the Penn State Nittany Lions, who do have some holes in their numbers, Penn State does. Uh, you know, they can look awfully impressive offensively, but, uh, you know, they've been outstanding a couple of times this season in that start, this perfect start to their season here. And as I get into the numbers and looking inside the stats, I rely so heavily on the midweek alert and uh, I see those holes, those potential Achilles heels type holes. And the Buckeyes are getting better since they lost that game to Oklahoma as opposed to regressing. So, you know, that would be my spin on the who I would have in the top four teams going to the playoffs if they were to start this weekend. And uh, I also think it's worth mentioning that there are a total of 16 undefeated teams in college football going into this weekend here. The most surprising, perhaps, arguably, I would say might be Texas-San Antonio, the roadrunners who a lot of people didn't perceive to be an undefeated caliber-type football team, but they are. Uh, we tear this apart a little bit more in the midweek. If you take a look and you break down their opponents this year and the teams they beat, Texas San Antonio, every team they beat uh, that is FBS caliber type team, none of them has a win on the season this year. So we can look for the roadrunners to be falling off that cliff here real short, real soon. And on the other side, this winless side of teams this year in college football, there are six winless teams heading into October. And I think uh, the one guy that Maybe perhaps we didn't anticipate being winless this year is the Baylor Bears, uh, a team that we knew was going to regress after the firing of Art Bryles, but I didn't know it would be perhaps to that degree, although they have played a little bit better football the last two weeks than they did to open up the football season. So it will be interesting to see exactly where those undefeated and winless teams end up by the time the final whistle sounds on the season here. And speaking about the midweek, Victor, I went inside the numbers in this week's midweek and, uh, uh, last week, there were a total of 12 college football teams that won games inside out, meaning that they won the football game and were outstatted in the football game. Those are almost always starting point play against type situations. If you're looking at handicapping the card to see if there's any other fodder to find out about those teams. There were also five teams that won football games straight up as underdogs last week. That was a little bit on the short side. Usually there's uh, maybe eight or ten of those guys, uh, two of them uh, were double-digit underdogs at one game, so keep an eye on those on that side of the things. And uh, let's move it over to the NFL side, Victor, here, where after four weeks of the National Football League season here, we've only got one undefeated team still standing, uh, that being the Kansas City Chiefs, who uh, are 4-0 straight up and against the spread, and I didn't anticipate saying and against the spread. <laughs> <laughs> with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it looked like they had that win in hand, but the manner in which they got that point spread cover Monday would largely be arguably the number one worst bad beat in NFL history, if not recent history here. And I know Scott Van Pelt would have a lot to say about that bad beat, but uh, I guess if you had the Kansas City Chiefs like we did, almost ashamedly to say that, uh, the bottom line is yeah. they still got still got the money and uh, – it ended up helping us to, to put up together a perfect 5-0 and ticket in the Westgate Superbook contest as well. So we were happy about that outcome nonetheless. And inside those midweek alert numbers here as well, uh, there were three teams last week in the NFL side of things that won games inside out in phony fashion. And there were also five straight-up underdog winners. So, you know, that's what's going on in the National Football League side of things. But talking about that, Victor, maybe in the same parallel that we talked about college football, who would you categorize as your major surprise and major disappointing teams as we're four weeks into the season now, into the, as you say, the second quarter of the NFL season? Who would you have at the top of your surprise and disappointing list in the NFL this year? My quick comment on that Monday night game, not only did the favorite underdog switch there at the last second with that fumble recovery, but the same thing with the total. And I say that because our service had a play on the over 
And I'm like you. I'm not going to say a shame, but I feel kind of sheepish calling that a win. <laughs> For those of you who were on the under in that game, I almost feel like apologizing to those people. It did end up going over the total with that fumble recovery, and we thought that that uh, we had no shot there when the score was uh, 23 to 20. That that the game would indeed go over the total, and maybe we'll get a little more feedback from Andy during our Las Vegas segment on how much money actually changed hands with that uh, freak fumble recovery at the end of the game. NFL surprises? Well, boy, there's a there's a handful of them, that is for sure. Who would have known that after four weeks of the season, it wouldn't be the New England Patriots in first place? It would be the Buffalo Bills. Off their biggest win of the season, they were almost a double-digit dog against the mighty Atlanta Falcons and beat the Falcons uh, quite convincingly on the road uh, on Sunday. The Buffalo Bills now at 3-1 and one, uh, straight up, 3-0-1 oh, ATS. And how about the L.A. Rams? Uh, a total turnaround for this team, 3-1 and one, leading that division, a division that also has the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals in it. The L.A. Rams at 3-1, and one, a surprising 3-1 and one, uh, for you overbetters. You know, we talk about uh, every year in the preseason, hey, there's going to be a handful, three, four, five NFL teams that completely reverse their over-under results from the previous year. And the Rams are one of them. They've gone over the total in all four of their games. We use the Rams-Cowboys over as our NFL game of the month on Sunday. We cashed that one over 850 yards of total offense. Both teams scored over 30 points. Very surprising to see what had been a solid under team over the last two years come out of the gate this season with a 4-0 and over under record. So I would submit to you the Buffalo Bills and the L.A. Rams. Pleasant surprises, Mark, winning their division. How about the NFC South division, though? This is uh, the best, if you ask me, the best collective overall division of all, uh, what, 12 of them. We've got all four teams in that NFC South who are at 500 or better for the season already. Uh, Carolina, Atlanta at 3-1, and one. of course, Tampa Bay at 2-1, and one. and even New Orleans with that big London win, 2-2 two and two on the season. It should be a great war in that NFC South to determine who is going to go all the way and win that division title. In terms of uh, some disappointing teams, heck, it's right there. We go to the Big Apple, top of the list, New York Giants at 0-4. And, and, in fact, another disappointing team that, in fact, the Giants will be hosting this week, who's also a winless team, would be the L.A. Chargers, a battle of 0-4s. Uh, taking on each other in the Big Apple this week. I would concur, Victor, uh, with those analogies of those most surprising and disappointing teams. If I had to throw maybe a team or two onto the list, I might give kudos to the Philadelphia Eagles for their 3-1 and start this football season. If for no other reason, I didn't think that they were a 3-1 and type football team coming into the year. But, hey, they went out to L.A., they won their football game, they returned home, and they're sitting right now at 3-1. and uh, to their credit, atop the NFC East division. Uh, another surprise team that uh, out of nowhere, and I think if you'd have bet this before the football season began, you'd have probably said that the two wins by the New York Jets might have been their season over under total win total for the whole season this year coming in. But uh, here's a football team that uh, everybody had dead and buried the RIP signs uh, posted on this football team, and they've won two games. They're two and two to start the football season here, and they could be three and two after this yeah. week after they take on the Cleveland Browns. So that might end up being the biggest surprise of all if the Jets win this week, and they're a winning record after five weeks of the NFL football season. On the reverse side of things, as you mentioned, the New York Giants uh, winless to start the football season here. The Charters also, I don't think either of those two football teams anticipated being goose-egged. Cincinnati Bengals, also a very disappointing football team, but they got their one win, and that's the one team that I think we talked earlier that there have only been three teams since 1990. They've started the season 0-3 and made the playoffs. The Cincinnati Bengals might be that type of team to do that this year. Uh, you know, They've got Burfecht back in the lineup, and uh, 
And if they get a little bit of momentum going here, if they win this football game this week, they're two and three, and all of a sudden they've forgotten about that 0-3 start. They could be the sleeper surprise team that started out 0-3. And, and one other little quick note here, Victor, you mentioned about uh, the NFC South and how well they performed this year. It goes hand-in-hand hand with the fact that if you look at every team in every division, that's the only division in the NFL this year where every team in that side of that division has scored more points than they've allowed this year which uh, really solidifies their standing, the fact that uh, they're doing it the old-fashioned way. On the scoreboard, they're outscoring their opponents. Every one of the four teams, more points scored than more points allowed for the NFC South. So a tip of the hat to them on a job well done to begin the football season here. Before we shove off and do our college football game of the week, a quick note here from our good friend Steve Kraft, the Texas Tornado. He nominates the Miami Dolphins as his chip play of the week, the team in the NFL that has the largest chip on their shoulder this week that might have an extra reason to come to play. He contends it's the Miami Dolphins, and I agree 100% with him. I think this football team, as Steve mentions, is mad as hell, especially about all their travel dilemmas that they've had to incur, starting largely because of Hurricane Irma. This will be their first home game of the season here this year when they take on the Tennessee Titans and Steve also passes his note along. And I think this is noteworthy to pass along as well. It looks, appears that Tennessee might be signing Brandon Whedon as a quarterback, uh, Marcus Mariota having some injury problems once again this year. And uh, <laughs> Steve passes note along, Victor. We remember Brandon Whedon from the days of the Cleveland Browns, but in his tenure with the Dallas Cowboys, he made 11 starts. He went 0 and 11 in those football games. So, whether he helps Tennessee or not is a large question mark to be seen and discussed. It's a little bit like, uh, if you will, this week, E.J. Manuel will be starting for the Oakland Raiders this week, and we hit on it in this week's Playbook Football Newsletter that sometimes NFL teams are as fortuitous as their backup quarterback is good or bad or lucky, and that's a bad omen for the Oakland Raiders this particular week. Uh, we highlighted in our newsletter about E.J. Manuel and the lack of success that he's had in the National Football League as a starting quarterback, uh, he's 6-11 and 11 straight up and only covered the spread seven times. But he's failed five times in a row straight up into the spread. And he's 0-7 straight up in ATS against opponents that are off a loss. So E.J. Manuel, Brandon Whedon, they kind of go hand-in-hand out of the same course of quarterbacks, of backup quarterbacks in the NFL. So we'll keep a chart on those guys and see how they do, how they fare as the 2017 season ends up progressing. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear down our college football game of the week, a dandy inside the Big Ten Conference. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Time to get it on. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. Time to get it what are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Have your morning coffee with Mark Lawrence each day when you join his all-new coffee club. Delivered in your email box the very first thing every morning, Mark shares with you his first take on the daily sports scene, ranging from top situational plays to handicapping tips and commentary from fellow coffee club members. It's a quick must-read for the serious sports fan. Join the coffee club today at playbook.com and have your morning coffee with Mark each and every day. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread in this week's college and pro football cards. And, Victor, inside the Big Ten Conference is a big football game this week, a rivalry matchup, if you will, when Michigan, the Wolverines, play host to Michigan State, a bit of rivalry inside that great state of Michigan. Your take, Victor, on the Wolverines and the Spartans this Saturday. 
Right, Mark. Four and zero Michigan, three to one Michigan State. Saturday night, it's going to be electric at the Big House. Kickoff scheduled for seven thirty p.m. One hundred tenth meeting between these two. Michigan does hold the all-time record, sixty-nine thirty-five and five. However, Michigan State has won actually seven of the last nine games in this series and is a double-digit underdog. I'm sure you'll have some thoughts on that yourself. I'm talking totals, and I'm talking a low total in this game. Opened at 41.5, and and when I popped the computer on this morning, on Wednesday morning, when is that's the time we record this podcast, it had already crossed over into the high 30s, 39.5. Now, 39.5 is a low number in the NFL, where the average over-under line is 45.5. But in college football, it's almost unheard of. You know, in college football, the average over-under line is 59. This one's almost 20 points less at 39.5. So there's not a lot of margin for error if you do decide to take the under in this game. All it takes is one of these freak scores, a some sort of defensive score, and your under wager could certainly blow up. Uh, that is for sure. I understand the number when you look at each team's defense. Uh, Michigan's defense is absolutely relentless with the pressure they bring and in their pursuit of the ball. They are, of course, unsurprisingly ranked number one in overall defense at the season. They only allow, what, 203 yards per game and only 13.5 points per game. Surprising at this point of the season to see Michigan State on the flip side as the number five overall defense. They're allowing only 248 yards per game and only 18 points per game. The stat I thought, which was very uh, interesting in regards to the total, is the fact that through four games, Michigan has allowed only three and a half points in the second half of all four of their games this season. So, uh, boy, they bring it even more in the second half of games. Now, we know from a quarterback standpoint, on Monday, in fact, uh, head coach Jim Harbaugh announced that Wilton Spite will be out for multiple weeks, and it means it's John O'Corn's time to shine. It's been a long and winding road to get to this moment, but he's done a pretty good professional job throughout this journey, and he's going to get his shot. Uh, he came off the bench, of course, and uh, led the Michigans to that victory against Purdue, and that pretty much speaks volumes. And he definitely breathed life into what at the time was a struggling offense, in terms of over-under records on the year, it's not surprising to see these two teams at a combined 2-5-1 over-under. Michigan State 1-3 over-under. Average line 51, average score 42.5. The average Spartan game has gone under by 8.6 points per game. And in fact, they held Iowa to 226 total yards last week in that low-scoring 17-10 win that, of course, went under the total pretty easily. Michigan on the flip side, 1-2-1 one, one over under on the season. Their average over underline, 49.5. Average points scored in Michigan games, 45. So their average game has gone under by 4.5. They are off a bye week, Michigan. Uh, they've had uh, plenty of time to get O'Corn with reps in practice play after that win against Purdue. Some of the numbers uh, in regards to this game indicated might be a little higher scoring for instance uh, Michigan is 12 and 4 to the over when playing with a week of rest in fact in their last 26 games now over the last two plus seasons they've actually gone 18 7 and 1 over under and in fact the last three meetings of this series have also gone over the total in each of the last three years with an average line of 45.6 average score 50.3 Average game going over by 4.7 points. With that said, uh, I kind of feel like I did last week when you put a gun to my head with that Denver-Kansas City NFL game and said that uh, if you have to make a play, what's it going to be? I would still lean under despite that very low number of 39.5. But what I would much more prefer in this game, Mark, would be perhaps a 6-7 to seven point teaser in which we take Michigan State all the way up to about plus 16 points. We bump the over-under number up to about 45 or 46. 
And that's the way I'm probably going to bet on this game, play a Michigan State under teaser, the dog and the under. And I'm sure you'll have your thoughts as far as whether or not we grab the double digits with the Spartans. Victor's taken this football low-scoring football contest here, defensive war between the Michigan State Spartans and the Wolverines in this contest here. Michigan State comes in with revenge in this game, playing from their home loss last football season here, part of a mission season for the Spartans this football season here. They will be playing six Big Ten teams this year with revenge from losses last year, this being the first of that six-game trek, this mission season revenge trek, if you will, for the Spartans for their three-win football season last year. That's a football program that had been on top of the mountain in the Big Ten Conference here until the rug was pulled out on them last year. If you like history, you open up the history book, you see the Spartans have done really rather well in the series. The last nine games, they've won the money all nine times, defeating Michigan straight up on the scoreboard seven of those nine football games. And in fact, inside those numbers, the last four visits to Michigan, they're 3-1 and one straight up and 4-0 to the spread. Michigan State also owns a lofty 9-1 spread record when playing with revenge in conference football games. Keep that in mind when they do take on these six other conference opponents later on this football season here. Talking about the Michigan Wolverines, who have held all four opponents to season-low yards thus far this football season. It's a trait that has been about this Michigan program since Jim Harbaugh has been there. Defense, first and foremost. Last year, they had nine teams that they held to season-low yards. This year, four for four for the Wolverines this year. Michigan State, I should throw in, make this note. They've held three of their four opponents to season low yardage marks as well this year. Victor mentioned Wilson Spite will not play in this football game. It's John O'Corn, the backups start in this football contest here, a former starter with the Houston Cougars and also a quarterback down here in Miami of Florida in high school. We'll see what how the Wolverines take to O'Corn, who's had a lot of spot duty with the Wolverines under Jim Harbaugh in the past. Michigan comes into this game off a Really rough, rather, victory over Purdue, if you will, a winning cover in the football game. But they only led the football game, or I should say they trailed 10-7 to at the half against Purdue in that contest. So falling asleep at the switch has not been anything new for this Michigan offense here. Bottom line to me, Michigan State, a revenge mission dog with revenge. You throw this stat from our Playbook Football Newsletter on top of it, head coach Mark D'Antonio, 17-2-1 to the spread. In his last 20 games as a dog, when he plays an opponent that's off a win-in cover. I look for Michigan State to take this game right down to the wire Saturday night. I'll play the Spartans plus the points for my side in this Big Ten Big Showdown football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to tear down our NFL game of the week. It's the Sunday night showdown between the Chiefs and Texans. We'll also hop out to Las Vegas and check in with our good friend Andy Isco to get the Vegas vibe and find out what's going on in Las Vegas this week. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The totals tip sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL totals guru, at playbook.com. The totals tip sheet has got you totally covered this football season. It's the best reference source of its kind in the nation. Get your totals tip sheet today at playbook.com and enjoy the winners. All 
All right, guys, welcome back. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread in this week's college and pro football cards. Our NFL game of the week is the Sunday night showdown between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. And, Victor, we talked a little bit earlier on about that miraculous bad beat, if you will, if you had the Washington Redskins in the Monday night football game. And a good friend of ours, Storman Norman, who contributes a lot in our daily coffee club, he's a wise guy contestant as well, he sent me a couple of emails about that Sunday night football game. I want to share a couple of thoughts with our listeners before we get into this contest here. And he mentioned about the fact that Sean McDonough made the comment in the football game at the end of the game that congratulations for those who legally bet the game. The line was the Chiefs minus seven, but they would have to kick the extra point. The NFL is mandatory that they kick the extra point because it's pertinent for teams who bet football games. It's a, a ludicrous statement for him to make. Yes, and they come out, they did, and they didn't even kick the attempt the extra point. He just kneeled down right. on, uh, on the play. But you know, what's inside of all of that is Andy Reid was fuming mad about the fact that his player tried to score on that final play of the game. And uh, Norman points this out that when he was in Philadelphia, Andy Reid, he stressed to his players and the coaches as well that if an interception or a fumble occurred in the time running out in a game that the player was to go down on the ground, secure the ball, and don't jeopardize the score at all. His player did not do that. He was fuming because of that. That's the reason that he had his quarterback kneel down. He just didn't want to add insult to injury, and it had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that the NFL mandated that that extra point had to be tried for gamblers who gamble on football games. It was kind of like head-scratching, one of the most bizarre finishes in the NFL and a little bit of insight into the story behind all of what happened with that extra point try conversion and the final score in that game. But nonetheless, it is the Chiefs and the Texans kicking off Sunday night in a big Sunday night football game. Your take, Victor, on these two potential playoff teams when they meet Sunday evening. Right. This will be a fun game. Before I get into my thoughts, let me run through the NFL numbers from last week. Now, there were seven outright underdog winners last week in the NFL. Very impressive for outright dog wins. With that said, you would have thought that underdogs would have done a little bit better than 9-7 and seven ATS overall. But again, seven outright wins for the year. Dogs in the NFL now stand at 35-27-1 against the spread. Only 11-10 at division play, but non-division dogs at 24-17 and 17 ATS on the season. Uh, for the people who wonder how did the over and unders go, nine overs, seven unders last week. Average line was 45.1. Average points per game, 44.7. Through four weeks of the NFL season, the average game now has seen 43.8 points per game. That's still about two points less than the averages. In terms of uh, over-under wagers, we always look for value, and I think there might be a little value in this game. I say that because... It opened at 47, the Chiefs and Houston Texans, of course, Sunday night, 8.30 Eastern, NBC TV, and 47 is a pretty high number. If this game were played in week one of this season or any game last season, the over-under line might be somewhere in the range of 39 to 42 points. So this game is anywhere from about five to eight points higher than it would have been if played earlier this year or any time in the 2016 season. Why is it that high? Well, take a look at each team's numbers thus far. The Kansas City Chiefs, a solid over team on the season now, 3-1 and one over under. They've scored 24 or more points in all four of their games. They come into this game with a surprising ranking of number two overall on offense at 405 offensive yards per game. They're the only other team other than the Patriots who are averaging over 400 yards per game on offense. And they have the number three scoring offense at 30.5 points per game. And another reason why the OU line is as high as it is. Uncharacteristic weak defense for the Chiefs so far this season. They're ranked number 26 in overall defense, allowing 360 yards per game. Although... They're still in the top 10 in scoring defense, allowing only 19 points per game. But for the Houston Texans, they come in at 2-2 two and two over under. After two games this season, we thought it would be another solid under season for Houston as they went under easily against Jacksonville and Cincinnati. 
but they have really turned on the light switch with the quarterback change of Deshaun Watson. Yes, he struggled in his first game against Cincinnati, but in his last two games, he has led Houston to 33 points against the Patriots. And, of course, last week's whopping total of 57 points against Tennessee, in which he counted for five touchdowns with both games, of course, going over the total uh, very, very easily, I might add. Again, this is a high OU line for Houston historically. Last year, only two games had a similar over-under line, and those were, unsurprisingly, the two division games against the Indianapolis Colts with a healthy Andrew Luck in which the Colts' offense was clicking. Those two games last year had over-under lines of 47.5 and 48. They come in number 17 on offense, number four in scoring offense. That would be Houston. Still a very good defense, number five overall at 292 yards per game allowed. The series has seen uh, three out of the last four matchups go under the total. That includes a playoff game, average line 40, average score 35.2. And with that said, Mark, I'm about value. And I might be going against Al Michaels in this Sunday night game, but I certainly think the over-under line is anywhere from about five or six points too high, and I'm going to be looking to go going under when the Chiefs take on the Houston Texans, 8.30 Eastern on Sunday night. Victor, with the value going under the total in the Sunday night game between the Chiefs and the Texans in that big AFC potential playoff matchup. The Chiefs come into this contest, as we mentioned here, a perfect 4-0 straight up and against the spread this football season here, thanks to that miracle cover Monday night. Teams that open up the NFL season in this manner, 4-0 straight up and against the spread in Game 5, what do they do? They're 25-12 straight up, but only 16-17-4 to the spread, so nothing really concrete to put your hands on other than the fact that uh, it's a good straight up type situation for teams that are 4-0 Suez to begin the season here. The Kansas City Chiefs come into this football game, this contest here, knowing that in their last 11 games, when they've been favored on Sunday night football games, they are 11-0 straight up and 10-1 and against the spread. That's a pretty strong number for football teams like this. We also know Kansas City in non-division games coming off a non-division Monday night football game like they were. They're just 1-7 to the spread. So some back-and-forth numbers evolving around the Kansas City Chiefs in this football contest. The Houston Texans come off that huge high-scoring effort last week against the Tennessee Titans, the highest-scoring game in the National Football League this year, the output by the Texans in that contest. They've struggled, Houston has, in Sunday night games. They're just 2-7 and seven straight up, 1-6-2 and two to the spread in nine Sunday night football games. And in fact, coming into Sunday night football games, teams in the NFL that come off a Monday night game and play a Sunday night football contest, they're just 1-8-1 and one against the spread. That doesn't bode well for Kansas City in that particular regard. They are up that 50-point scoring effort, as I mentioned here. In our database, we ran that through to see what teams in the NFL do that score 50 or more points in their next game. They're 8-3 and three straight up in ATS when they're at home in those contests here. So a lot of back-and-forth numbers, good and bad trends for both teams in this particular situation here. The bottom line to me as I look at this game with Kansas City, I look at their schedule, and what do I see? I see the Pittsburgh Steelers waiting on deck next for Kansas City. Not only is it a big football game for Kansas City, but it was Pittsburgh who knocked Kansas City out of the playoffs last year, so that should have their focus, their mind, a little bit more on Pittsburgh, perhaps, than they should be coming into this contest here. And Kansas City themselves, in games before taking on Pittsburgh, 1-9 straight up and 2-8 and eight to the spread when they're on the road taking on a better than 333 opponent. I'll stay at home with the Houston Texans in this football game because I think Kansas City gets off their 4-0 perch with a tough, hard-fought loss in the Sunday night football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas now and join in with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, how's things going for you this football season thus far? Well, Mark, so far it's been a, a good start to the uh, season. Of course, a uh, uh, lot of uh, sadness here with the events of Sunday night. 
community rallying around one another, helping the survivors, etc., with the uh, terrible tragedy that occurred. Things starting to get a little bit back to normal, and by weekend, I think the city's full attention and the sports books will be jam-packed, filled with the uh, football aficionados. Yeah, it's a really, really, uh, just in passing here, a tragedy, just uh, unequal proportion what happened in Las Vegas at that concert. And uh, our heartfelt thanks go out to everybody in Las Vegas, especially the members, the family members who were besieged by that ridiculous attack. And uh, we can only hope that better days are ahead for everybody in Las Vegas and in particular for those family members. Andy, we're talking about football on the show here this week, though, and uh, in football, we're talking about the Superbook Contest, which we like to talk a lot about, and uh, it's appeared to me that last week, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that the consensus plays were kind of like mirroring one another in both the gold and the Super Contest as well last week. Yeah, they were very close, and in fact, the consensus last week, uh, a nice four and one, and in fact, for the year in the regular contest, the consensus now up to nine and 11. Remember, that's after an 0 and 5 start, so nine and six the last uh, three weeks. Uh, Favorites overall this year, 17 and 23. When I say favorites, I mean when the favorite team in the game is the is the choice of the contestants versus the underdog. That favored team is 17 and 23 as far as the consensus goes. Underdogs, however, when they have been the more popular team in the game, they've been on a nice run, 10 and 2, 5 and 1 each of the last two weeks. They're now 13, 9 and 1 for the season. And overall, the uh, last couple of weeks have helped boost the overall record for the contestants and the uh, play in the uh, uh, game by game basis. 30, 32, and 1. A little bit below 500, but considerably better than where the contestants stood uh, two weeks ago at this time. Now, as far as the leaders go in the contest, there are two co-leaders in the regular Super Contest at 17 and 3. That's worth 17 points, a half-point lead over a contestant who has 16 and a half. And that's important because for the first year, the Super Contest is paying out a $15,000 bonus for the leaders of the contest after four weeks and after eight weeks. This is the first year that they're doing that, and this is to replace the bonus that had been given to any contestants who had finished the season at uh, 67% or better because that, when it has been hit, has normally been going to the winner of the contest who was already going to get uh, very wealthy with a six-figure payout. So they decided to spread it around, reward those who start early, two contestants split, so they each get $7,500. As far as the top 50 contestants are concerned, as far as the standings, uh, 50 contestants will be paid, or the top 50 in ties. You've got two at 17, one at 16 and a half, four at 16 points, three at 15 and a half out of a possible 20. And then we start getting the log jam. There are 24 contestants at 15 points and another 18 at 14 and a half. So right now, 14 and a half out of 20, which works out to 72 and a half percent out of those first 20 picks is what it takes to uh, get into the money. Now, a little bit of a different story in the Super Contest Gold, where there were 94 contestants, each paying $5,000 to participate in this winner-take-all tournament. The one leader in the tournament is also at 17-3, and three, the same record, not the same wow. contestant, or at least not the same contestant name as in the regular contest, 17-3, and three, 17 and a half points. But that right now is good enough for a three-point lead, excuse me, 17 points, uh, good enough for a two-and-a-half-point lead over the Super Contest Gold contestant currently in second at 14-and-a-half. There are four contestants at 14 points, and then right now there are 23 of the 94 contestants at 12 points or more, 12 points being equivalent to 60%. So uh, the Super Contest uh, leader, I'm not going to say running away with it after uh, just uh, four weeks of play, but a a two-and-a-half-point lead after four weeks is impressive. But unlike the regular contest, uh, there's no payoff for four weeks. Sounds like 14 and a half is the magic number in each of those two contests. 14 and a half gets you the money in the classic contest and also runner up in the gold, which you see, Andy, is not money, but it's still at least close enough to what would be the leader in that particular contest. So keep a close eye on those as, as the season begins here. But 17 points leads the classic contest after the first four weeks of the contest here. And uh, Andy, we always talk a little bit about on the show as well, talking about the numbers that the contest puts out. Uh, and there's always value. We always talk about value being probably 
the number one priority when it comes to being a successful handicapper. And uh, looking at the numbers that Jay sent out last week, any major line moves that you see that might be noteworthy this particular week? Yeah, six games of note worth talking about. The week five lines, which came out midweek last week prior to the playing of any of the week four games, including the Thursday night game, worth talking about. The New England at Tampa Bay Thursday night game is interesting. That game last week was posted with New England a four and a half point road favorite. And of course, we saw Tampa Bay hold off and actually rally from behind to beat the Giants while New England, New England was being upset at home by Carolina. When the line came out Sunday night, there was a half-point adjustment. New England went from a four-and-a-half-point road favorite down to a four-point road favorite. But the action through midweek has actually been on New England, where it has gone up and past that four-and-a-half of last week. And the Patriots sit at five-and-a-half-point road favorites, barely more than 24 hours ahead of their kickoff at Tampa Bay. Speaking of the New York Giants, who were beaten in the final seconds by Tampa Bay, they were initially a three-point home favorite against the Los Angeles Chargers, who lost at home to Philadelphia in the third of three straight quote-unquote home games for the Chargers. When the line came out Sunday night, the Giants had moved from a three-point favorite up to a four-and-a-half-point home favorite. That number has since been bet down by a point, some support for the Chargers, but only down to three-and-a-half. So the initial number of three still appears to have been the lowest number, although given the early move in this game, we might ultimately see that three end up being the closing line for the Giants versus the Chargers. The New York Jets, 0-2 to start the season to no one's surprise, then off back-to-back wins against Miami and the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. They are at Cleveland. Cleveland, winless so far this season, was projected to be just a week ago. This is, remember, right after the Miami win, Cleveland was still projected to be a four-point home favorite against the Jets. But apparently the impression left by the Jets after winning against Jacksonville caused an adjustment in that line so that when Jay Cornegay and the guys at the Westgate opened it up Sunday evening, Cleveland, instead of a four-point home favorite, opened as a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. And that number has been bet down at the Westgate to Cleveland now being a one-point favorite. And across the board, I'm seeing around town and offshore some pickums. So a lot of support for the New York Jets who have to be considered based upon preseason expectations one of the early season surprises. Another one of the early surprise teams has been the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, They will play host of the Seattle Seahawks in an NFC West divisional contest this Sunday. Seattle struggled in their first half Sunday night against the Indianapolis Colts, then blew them out in the second half. Meanwhile, in a very entertaining back-and-forth game, the Los Angeles Rams went into Dallas as five-and-a-half, six-point underdogs, pulled the outright upset, which which results in a significant adjustment in the line. Last week, before any of the games were played of week four, Seattle was a three-point road favorite at the Rams. When the line was reposted on Sunday evening, this game opened as a pick'em, and the early money has come in on the Rams. The Rams now one-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Seattle Seahawks. Two more games worth noting. Just mentioned the Dallas Cowboys falling at home to the Rams. They're going to host Green Bay in a uh, rematch of last year's NFC playoff game. The Cowboys last week were installed as three-point home favorites over the Packers as they seek to avenge that loss. Minus 120 VIG, so the Cowboys pretty heavy favorites. The Packers, of course, had that win last Thursday night when they hosted the Chicago Bears, and then they have the extra time off to prepare for Dallas. Meanwhile, Dallas losing at home, at home for a second straight week. Instead of opening at three minus 20, the game opened actually below that number of three. Dallas opened as a two and a half point home favorite against the Green Bay Packers. And the early money has actually pushed that number down to a two point home favorite. Finally, the Sunday night game, Kansas City at Houston last week, Kansas City was expected to be and actually opened as a three point road favorite at Houston. Again, with minus VIG on the Chiefs, she had to lay a little extra juice, minus 120 to back Kansas City minus three. Well, we saw the Monday night game in which Kansas City rallied to defeat Washington. We saw Houston with that explosive 57 point outburst in their win over Tennessee. Now, before the Monday night game, Sunday night, this line came out with Kansas City a one and a half point road favorite. So the adjustment to 
Houston's outstanding performance was a point and a half. That number before the game came off on Monday, pending the Monday night game, actually saw the early money come in on the Houston Texans so that Kansas City, when the line came off, was a one-point road favorite. Kansas City rallied to get that fortunate cover, but they did get the straight-up win. When the line came up Tuesday morning, it came back exactly where it had been taken off on Monday with Kansas City a one-point road favorite at Houston for next Sunday night's game. Those six games, the most interesting, most significant line moves last week compared to the reopeners. Six major moves, as discussed by Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. We're checking with Andy and getting the Vegas vibe to find out what's going on this week. And before I hand it off to Victor with his question he wants to run by Andy, I want to remind our listeners out there that you can check out Andy's The Logical Approach newsletter, his weekly newsletter. It's absolutely outstanding and a must-read if you're serious about winning football games. Check it out. Get the TheLogicalApproach.com newsletter online at thelogicalapproach.com or check it out at the Playbook Superstore. That's the Logical Approach newsletter each and every week from Andy Isco, getting the Vegas vibe each and every week from Andy in Las Vegas. And with that, Victor, I know you've got a question you want to run by Andy on the show as well. I do a question about the NFL. Uh, Before I do, Andy, again, like Mark said earlier, our hearts go out to everybody out there in Las Vegas that were impacted by this tragedy, this absolute senseless shooting and not just for the Nevada residents, but the people from out of state who are also at the concert. I'm sure we could have some sort of a constructive discussion in regards to the gun control laws of this country. We'll leave that for the political talk, talking heads. Uh, it's a pretty much a hot potato issue as it is. And we'd much, of course, rather discuss the sports. But your impressions on what type of a weekend it was in the NFL for the sports books, Andy. I'm imagining probably pretty good with the fact that the underdogs went, what, 9-7 and seven against the spread with seven outright underdog wins. I bet you that that probably slapped down a lot of uh, teasers, parlays, money line parlays. But there may have been a little bit of a give back with the fact that all three of the primetime games went over the total for the first time this season, including that wild Monday night, Monday night finish. Yeah, you're exactly right, Victor. Anytime the underdogs do well, and even when the unders do well, it's going to be a good day or a good weekend for the sports books, and especially when you've got teams such as the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots, solid favorites, roughly around a touchdown or more, losing outright because it not only busts those money line parlays, it busts those teaser parlays, uh, etc. So a good week for the sports book, and you did cap it off correctly by saying the exclamation point with about uh, uh, four seconds seconds to go in Monday night's game looked as though it was going to be a huge week for the sports book because it turned out to be or at the time it was the underdog Washington and the under and anytime right. the underdog and the under come in uh, it's a nice uh, result for the uh, sports books and that has to be considered in my mind and, and Mark you, you and Victor both go back a long time has to be one of the worst bad beats in in history because that play of fit that play at the end of the game with the touchdown affected both the side and and the total turning each from a winner into a loser, depending upon which way you had. So the sports books gave a fair amount back because Monday night games still very popular at the sports books. So what was a huge winning week was not quite as huge. I don't know that it quite matched what happened last week when all those underdogs came in, especially in the early games. But the last two weeks have been very strong for the sports books. Interestingly, as I pointed out earlier, the teams in the uh, super contest that were underdogs in their games but were preferred by the contestants five and one each of the last two weeks so maybe that also gives us a little bit of an indication of the quality of the field in the contest mirroring the success that the sports books had last week a bizarro finish as Anzi said to that monday night football game which we discussed a little bit earlier on in the show and uh, culminated in what ended up being still a winning week for the sports books overall in las vegas andy on the heels of Back-to-back winning selections on our show here in the National Football League. I'm going to send you off with what we hope will be another complimentary play from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, your thoughts on this NFL card on Sunday? 
Well, hopefully I'm not going to burn my fingers because I'm going to tread into Victor's territory and look at an under in the NFL. It's going to be the game between Buffalo and Cincinnati, and I'm looking to play the under 39 in this game. Both teams are one and three, one over and three unders thus far, and they've been very low-scoring games. Both teams, if you take the total points in their games, their first eight games, roughly around 32, 33 points per game. Now, even though the NFL has been a high-scoring league over the past five or six years, scoring down about two to three points thus far through the first quarter of this season, the numbers 37 and 38 are still very key numbers. So at 39, there still represents a decent amount of value to play under the total between a pair of teams that have shown a tendency to play low-scoring games this year. In fact, I believe only once has either of those teams in their combined eight games allowed more than 20 points, and that was when Cincinnati allowed 27 uh, to uh, Green Bay in their loss when they uh, led most of that game, and that game was in Green Bay. And in fact, Cincinnati's last two games, one went over, one stayed under. Those both games were on the road where the Cincinnati offense came to life. Now, whether or not that offense is going to continue that play when they return home to host Buffalo remains to be seen, but both Buffalo and Cincinnati have very solid defensive numbers, and that, to me, is another key part to a play on the under 39 in the game between Buffalo and Cincinnati. Under the total Buffalo and Cincinnati in this football game using the number one defensive Buffalo Bills to lead the way for Andy's call in that big football game on Sunday. Andy, once again, a great job on the show this week. As always, we really look forward to your commentary each and every week, especially the breakdowns and what's going on in that Stardust contest and your observations in whole. Great job on the show again. As always, I'm going to wish you the best of luck And we'll look forward to visiting with you once again next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Thank you, Mark. Wish both you, Victor, and all the listeners a great, very successful football weekend. Thanks again. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to put the final reps in this show here. We'll share with you our complimentary plays and the awesome angle of the week. When we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Have your morning coffee with Mark Lawrence each day when you join his all-new coffee club. Delivered in your email box the very first thing every morning, Mark shares with you his first take on the daily sports scene, ranging from top situational plays to handicapping tips and commentary from fellow coffee club members. It's a quick must-read for the serious sports fan. Join the coffee club today at playbook.com and have your morning coffee with Mark each and every day. You'll be glad you did. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed that's my bookie.a as an apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at mybookie.ag sign up today and now the moment you've been waiting for from the hot south florida sun it's mark lawrence with his awesome angle of the week all right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in college football this week. We call it Don't Bury Us Yet. And what we're looking to do is to plan any college football conference underdog following three consecutive point spread losses in a row. If they were favored by 10 or more points in their last game and they bring a defense that allows 19 and a half or less points per game in the season, if this team was an eight win or better team last year. These teams that are on a disappointing point spread run here of late that dress up as conference underdogs in this particular role have gone 16-4 and four against the spread in this role. That's an 80% winning proposition. We'll be on LSU when they invade the swamp to take on the Gators in Florida Saturday for our awesome angle play on the football show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creel Sports to find out what he's got on tap at King Creel Sports this weekend and for his complimentary play as well. Victor, if you will, please do the honors. Sure thing, Mark. Thanks to everybody who joined us on Sunday. Rams, Cowboys over the total, our five-star NFL game of the month. And we brought home the bacon uh, pretty easy. 
easily in that game. Earlier, Mark, we were talking Houston and the Chiefs. We recommended a play on the under in regards to value, and in the 45 minutes that we have recorded the podcast, I've noticed the line has come down a half point. It's only a half point, but that's significant. Significant because it's usually that sharp wager, that sharp guy, that whale guy that makes the first initial line move, the guy that tries to find the value four, five, six days ahead of time when the opening lines come out. And again, the line in that game has just come down a significant half point uh, to me and makes us feel a little more confident in our play on the value on the under in that particular game. Hey, Mark, we got baseball playoffs coming up this week as well. Again, we record the show on Wednesday morning. The Yankees are in. They'll be playing the Cleveland Indians in the first round with a big win on Tuesday night. I know that you have a selection on Wednesday night in baseball in the NL wildcard game for anybody who listens to the show on Wednesday afternoon. But also, if you're going to be uh, listening to the show, say, prior to Thursday night, we're taking a look at both of those games and thinking under the total. Red Sox-Houston on Thursday, ALDS. We're looking under. Dan Bellino was the number five under umpire in Major League Baseball this season. He'll be working behind the dish in that first game between Boston and Houston. And, in fact, he went 3-10 and ten over under in American League games this season. We'll also be looking under in game one between the Yankees and the Indians. Vic Carapazza will be the man in blue for that game behind the dish. He was the number six under umpire on the season. He went 3-10 and ten as well in American League action. So we're going to be looking to go under-under on Thursday in Major League Baseball. Now, of course, this show is all about football. And we're going to give the ball to Speedy this week and let him run with it in terms of our free play of the week. He bailed us out last week in the totals tip sheet with an easy under winner in the Steelers versus Ravens game. And Speedy's under of the week is actually going to be in the Monday night game between the Vikings and the Bears. As of this writing, there is still no spread or over underline for this game. That, of course, is based on Minnesota's questionable quarterback status. But man's best friend has no problem going under the total with a rookie quarterback making his first ever start. That would be Mitchell Trubisky of the Bears. And this will be the third time already this season in which we are going under in a Chicago home game. We already hit in week one against Atlanta. We hit in week three against Pittsburgh. We'll go under again in the Chicago home game. Uh, NFC Conference, same division games played on a Monday night have gone 1-10 and over-under in the last eight years when the over-under line is greater than 38 points. I am imagining the OU line in this game will be somewhere in the 39-43 to point range. And again, remember, this is the second division game in a row for both of these teams. This has gone 0-12-1 over-under in the last eight years. All division games in which both teams just played a division opponent in their previous week. When the over-under line is in the range of 40 to 58 points. Uh, Finally, we like the fact that uh, the Vikings were home last week. They lost outright to the Lions. The Lions were one of those seven teams who came away with an outright underdog win. 2-14 and over-under last four years. Conference road teams off a straight-up home favorite loss of a touchdown or more. That also went under the total. That applies to Minnesota. Against any opponent, also off a straight-up loss. That applies to the Bears. So there you have it. We're giving it to Speedy. He's going under the total Minnesota versus Chicago on Monday night. And we got a big one in the NFL this week. Our four-star or five-star best bets are already 4-1 and on the season. Four-star over of the week. It'll be going on Sunday. It'll be up on the Playbook.com website on Friday night. And best of luck to you this weekend, too, Mark. Victor's big four-star play on Sunday, right on the heels of his big five-star game of the month over total with the Dallas Cowboys and the L.A. Rams, which sailed way over the total by 17 points in that game. Join him this Sunday for his big four-star NFL total play and all of his plays available online at playbook.com. 
Before I get to my complimentary play on the show this week, I want to remind our listeners that once again, our friends at mybookie.ag are offering up to a 100% sign-up bonus for any listener that logs on, signs up, and uses the promo code PLAYBOOK. Or give them a call toll-free at 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to get your 100% sign-up bonus at MyBookie by using the promo code PLAYBOOK when you do. Once again, I'm featuring another $99 football weekend of winners, which will feature highlighted my Perfect System Club Play of the Year, which goes this Saturday in college football. You can better yet join me for our October Rama, our five-star October Rama. That'll be four full weeks of college and pro football plus free Major League Baseball coverage as well for October Rama. You can sign up for either package online at playbook.com or call me toll-free today to get on board at 1-800-321-7777. And speaking about the Major League Baseball playoffs, I want to just pass this note along. Congratulations to Keith Hernandez, our good friend, who will be joining Fox Sports for analysis on the Major League Baseball playoffs this playoff season here. So we'll be watching and listening to what Keith has to say, the baseball coverage for Fox Sports in the Major League Baseball playoff scene this year. My complimentary call on this week's college football card. We're going to go inside the Big Ten Conference, and I'm pulling a game right out of a best bet selection from the Playbook Newsletter this week. When we look at the Northwestern Wildcats, when they play host to Penn State on the football card, I talked earlier on in the show, hit on the fact that Penn State does have a few holes in their numbers this football season here. A highly touted, very, very popular public team are the Nittany Lions from Penn State, but uh, not quite matching the numbers to the points they're putting up on the scoreboard this year. Northwestern beat Penn State as a home dog the last time they played this football team here. They own two wins in a row against this team here. They won't be intimidated by Penn State at all in this contest. Penn State comes in with a 5-0 fat cat factor working against them. This 5-0 fat cats, we laid this out in this week's Playbook Football Newsletter about how poorly 5-0 teams do in Game 6 after opening up the season 5-0. You can check that out in the newsletter. And Penn State happens to qualify as a 5-0 fat cat on the card this week. They also happen to have, by the way, the Michigan Wolverines waiting on deck next week. Penn State just 3-10 to the spreading games when favored before taking on Michigan in that contest here. With Northwestern being a homecoming home dog, I'll grab up the 14.5 points in this football game in a game that wouldn't surprise me if Northwestern wins straight up on the field. I'll play Northwestern plus the points for my complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creel Sports for another great job on the show this week. Our good friend Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. And for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence. Remind you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.